Hi, I'm your host, Gregory Causey, and this is Just Cause. What's your question? So the question is, why don't you like teacher unions? And if any issue triggers me, it would be teacher unions. And it's one of the reasons why I wrote columns involved with this. I feel, have always felt the need that I want to speak out on this issue, primarily because I want to put out there, and I'll say it right now, that I believe strongly in public education. It's one of my life passions. It's one of the reasons I dedicated my life to public service in the pursuit of uh, educating others in a public sphere. And I, I, I can't speak more about it. It, it is something that is, it's right in my heart. And I believe in so many benefits of public education from the perspective that it gains. I believe that in order to have a strong democracy, you need to have strong public education and vice versa. In order to have um, public education, I think you need democracy for people to recognize the importance of it. Because one of the things where many dictatorships and others do not have it is that they recognize that, well, why are we keeping the masses educated? Uh, they'll go against me. A strong public education is vital, I believe, to a strong democracy. And democracy is something that also I believe strongly in. So why would I take issue with teacher unions? Because I don't believe that they put public education as a top priority. And this comes from experience. I'm a 20 plus year teacher and I was involved with my union earlier on. I was voted as a class or not a class, but a, a school rep for collective bargaining, went through negotiation trainings and the rest and became vice president of my district. And it was through negotiation and going to meetings of recognizing that you guys don't give a damn about public education. You say you do, but you're first and foremost, and I was told this at the negotiating table because I would push for working conditions or other aspects, improve the buildings or different things, was told, no, you get a salary. That's how we are going to be judged. Even though teacher survey results said they wanted other things, it was very much pushed forward that we have to get salary. And it kind of makes sense because the whole thing is set up. They take a portion of our union dues, which is based upon our salary. So the higher the salary, the greater their union dues and bureaucracy and largesse. And the more union paying members, if you can add more teachers, that are their thing. So they're always going to be pushing, hey, smaller class size, we'll get more members greater wages because again they get a percentage of that so it's in their interest and there's nothing inherently wrong with that you want them being on your side in the negotiation table but there is a conflict where teachers may have other initiatives that they want to put forward and that's not what's brought up and if you believe strongly in public education as i do it very hard i find it very hard to continually hear them talk about you know no cuts we don't want this or that but the only the cuts they're concerned about are their cuts to their own members their mandate is to protect teachers and to get the most that they can for their members. That is their job. And I think most people in the general public get that. And that's when whenever teachers say anything in the public sphere, yeah, yeah, well, what are you going to say? Of course, that's what you want. But they have tried to put it under and, you know, the media will use them. Hey, what, what are your thoughts on this as it relates to education? No, no, no. Don't ask them about anything about education. You can ask them about what their role is in relation to teachers, but I don't like them even giving the the any degree of 
uh, forum as to their ideas as public education. They're a stakeholder, but they're not speaking for the institution that I care about. And nowhere more was this shown to me. I always had this viewpoint early on in my career, but you know, there are some benefits. There is the idea that they are going to push for greater salaries. And if that attracts members of talent to go into it because, hey, you know what, I can, I may make a good living of this. I could do other things, but I'm going to do this and dedicate my life to public service. Nothing against getting fair pay and fair compensation. It attracts good people and attracts talent. And that's important to a public education system. So I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater with the whole thing. And I don't want you to get this viewpoint from it that I'm completely against it, but I would like it to be pulled back to being like an association or at least to take to depoliticize what it has become because it's become very political. But stepping back, what caused me to really move to be against it was what went on with COVID. At this time, you know, nurses were doing more. My wife's a nurse. She was still going into work. The essential work that needs to be done. People are banging pots for them because they came and stepped up when things were needed. And what did we do? Try to politicize it. You know, we need more members. You need. It's not safe. It's very much, you know, scorched earth policy. Our schools were safe. The public health put in great initiatives to make them safe. Yes, is there an inherent risk with it? But Governments created systems where you could have online earning, learning. They created that option. And then we knew that students very much needed to be in here. And yet when I was yelling and screaming about we must keep schools open, oh, that's not safe. What are you, what are you doing? It's not right. The government is failing us. The government isn't failing us. We're failing by not stepping up and going to work in the classroom or at least providing that option to people who very much need it. At least later on in the pandemic, they realize, oh, this isn't good for, for students of special needs that have very um, needs within the classroom. And, and God loves some teachers who did go in, but they were required to do so, left to their own volition. I don't think they were because everyone was put under the guise that, you know, it's not safe and we can't go in there. And it was, I came in the whole time. I did my uh, online learning in the classroom because part to make a point, it's safe, but I know there's not other kids around and everything else with that. But it was to say that, you know, partially because we had the internet at home with so many people streaming, I wanted to make sure that at least it was a good broadcast that I was sending out to students. But it very much was, no, go to work. We can still do this. It is vital. And we're seeing so many problems now associated with students coming back. It's nice to that we're getting back to normal, but there is a major adjustment in the level of maturity and, and basically lost time that this group has had. And I have kids of my own that have suffered through it. And it, it, was, it was maddening. It was also maddening because I knew how essential what we did was, and yet we didn't go. And so this whole time, our union, well, we need to have small skies, uh, class sizes. Okay, get that. But there's also a shortage of teachers right now. As a parent, I, I, I don't want, you know, Auto the bus driver coming in and, and, and doing class. I want professional people who have been certified, who know the subject material, who can handle a class. There is a level of skill involved with this. I know the union will like to think that we're just, you know, tapping a table here and there's not that much skill because we can have anyone do this, but no. You need skill to do this. And anybody who's gone through the system, no, there's some who are better than others. And so with that, 
you got to be able to recognize that, no, we're not just bringing anyone off the street to do this. Although, you know, union doesn't care because, hey, it's another union member and it's more union dues for them. They don't really care who the person is. I do. Parents do. If you care about public education, you do. And that's just another example of where they will, you know, say one thing, but all their motives and all their actions just point to wanting to make sure that they are protecting their own. And again, well, we want HVAC. We want this. Well, where were you when I was at the negotiating table when we were trying to push for improvements to the school, trying to push for bricks and mortar improvement? Well, guess what? That doesn't improve union. If all the money goes towards that, the union loses. And so they're like, no, the liberals were having an election in the next two days. They tried to push forward. They got rode out on a rail by the teachers union because they were ponying up money to, oh, how dare they put it in buildings as opposed to putting it in teachers' pockets. And so teachers lost it. And it was all of a sudden, don't vote liberal. You can't you know, trust them. And then everything moved to the NDP. We see how that went, like the Ford government. And now they're apocalyptic about them because they're cutting education and they're not doing this. And look what happened during the pandemic. I, I thought the Ford government did a fantastic job there. They, they made some mistakes, but I don't think they would have done any worse or any better. They pretty much followed what NDP and other liberal governments were doing across the country. And if anybody says it was, you know, well, we weren't safe, we were out more than anybody. And that's the other thing that you hear now, the NDP and liberals, oh, well, we, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, it was safe, you know, with all the lost learning that took place. You wanted us out more than anybody. Whenever we would come back, you were the ones, Horvath and, and Del Duca, screaming that we should be still closed. So don't give me that. And of course, they were doing that because they want the teacher vote. And unions are very, very political. And that's the thing that bothers me with it, that if you are upset with something, well, then you can have your members vote. But you do not need to completely um, make our schools come across as not being safe, the scorched earth of demonizing our schools. Oh, look at, they're, they're terrible. The amount of teachers that have been on social media bashing the very places that they work is deplorable. If one thing can come out of this union, listen, stop your member, tell them to get off social media. If you are very much want people to still have respect and trust in public education, having members out there bashing the very institutions that parents are sending their kids to is not a good idea. Yes, you may get your age back, but you're going to not you're not going to have a public school. If everyone's going to send their kids to private because you may say, well, there's not that many private choices. Well, what happened in the states? After a while, Governments got tired of continually capitulating to them, and they started to say, here, we'll offer your vouchers. We'll give you school choice. Even Democrats in the United States got fed up with it because they did what the liberals do. We're going to put money in buildings. Oh, how dare you put monies in buildings? It has to go to us. And so, you know what? We're fed up. We'll put it to vouchers, and that's an, and let parents decide. I don't want that. There's winners and losers that come from this. I'm a very market-oriented person, but there are some items that need to be taken out of the market, and I believe public education is one of them because when you create a winner and losers marketplace, then that's fine if you've got vouchers and have the bucks to create the wealth that you have, but I don't think economic opportunity should determine the level of education. To me, I'm an equal opportunity person. I'm not looking to create... Um, uh, 
equality of outcome, but I do believe in equality of opportunity. And I think that's very important when you provide that within a strong public education system. And that's the big thing with it is to make sure that that is something that is protected. And when you see the demonizing of it, the tax of it by its own members, again, pseudo trying to do it against the government, but they're also, rec- you, you know that you're doing it right now and you are lo- causing people to lose confidence within the schools. Oh, it's a rat hole. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's unsafe. Oh, I could catch COVID all the time. What, what are you doing? That's not helping the situation. And if what does that do to parents? What confidence do they have? It's It was ridiculous. And again, take the politics out of it, recognize, sure, fight for your members. You're an association, but you don't speak. You're one person in the room, along with the government, along with parents, along with students, along with the custodian, all involved with creating a top public education system. But you're not the only voice in the room. You can't suck up all the oxygen because when you do, you make the public education worse. And that's I feel where we're at right now. The other aspect to their politicizing is it's counterproductive. You're going to find, we'll see, I'm a little, we'll see what happens with the election. I'm not ready to make predictions, but if you follow all the polls, it looks like Ford and Ontario is going to win again. And if that's the case, well, that was great. That was really good job. You went through this and at the end of it, Now, obviously, there's other factors in play, but you would think after this big change and you yelling and screaming that this is terrible, well, parents didn't see that. Maybe it is you yelling and screaming which pushes them off. Because I'll talk to a number of conservative people who can't stand teacher union. Even I don't even know family with people. Oh my God! And there are fellow teachers who feel the same way with it. They get it. It's important aspect of an association for collective bargaining. Totally support that. But when you're out there saying things where you are completely endorsing one candidate and putting posters up around with not even endorsing and looking at it from a from all candidates, but we're just going to put one and we take people's teachers money and it's pretty much just spent on advertising for one campaign. If you wanted teachers to have salaries, that would increase in salary. So, you know, how about cut the dues or at least don't spend the dues on all your political action advertising. Let members decide where they want to put their money for that. But again, any movement like that, that a defund or anything else, unions, oh my God, you're attacking unions. And let me be clear on this point because I've written about this before. I very much support the union movement. I get it. It's a race to the bottom. If your work offers little skill and offers you little protection, then a union is needed to make sure that it's not a race to the bottom in terms of your wages and benefits and everything else. And collective action does work. The Grapes of Wrath is a great example of what can happen if it just is, hey, we'll do it, we'll do it, you know, you'd lose out because the work itself offers no protection. And that's why for private sector unions, all support in the world. But with public sector unions, what they don't understand is they go after governments and governments have really an unlimited supply of money through raising taxes, whatever the public will basically tolerate in the level of taxes that they want to pay. But if governments are continuing, yeah, yeah, we'll pay it, we'll pay it, we'll pay it. 
that draws resources away from other needed factors in other parts of society. And I think it, it hurts. I think it's a drain. It's why uh, Roosevelt didn't want a former Democratic president, did not want them as part of the actual um, having unions within the public sphere. But private, there's a great negotiation that goes on with the business because they have a set amount of profits, hopefully, that they can divvy up with their expenses. And the union knows if we push too far, we're going to lose members. We we're going to push it too far. We could lose business, could go under or lose market share, and that would hurt members. So we want to ask, we want to get fair compensation, but we're not going to you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and go too far and push the envelope to the extent that it actually is harmful to us. So there's a balance in play. And the employer knows that they need to pay for talent and they have to attract it to maintain it. And they want a good, strong workforce that is motivated to come to work. And so there is that balance in play. With the government, just ask, ask, and ask. And if they don't, well, you just hammer them at the ballot box until you get your way. And that's the frustrating part for it and why I don't believe in strong unions in the public sector. I, To me, it should be negotiated as part of inflationary um, uh, COLA cost of living adjustments and just be done with it and enough of the strikes and everything else. And here's a little other little tidbit. If you're wondering, well, where's the role in these things? is back in the day, friends, Chris Stockwell, the former liberal uh, labor minister under Mike Harris, Mike Harris, the big anti, who used to be a teacher in Northern Ontario, so he knows this, said, why don't we just get rid of their ability to strike, make them essential workers like others and be done with all these teacher strikes? Because that was the solution. And Chris Stockwell went and did an investigative of it, looked at it and said, actually, we do better with them going on strike. If we went to them just being able to be compensated on a basis of an arbitrator or, or looking at other factors, they would get actually get paid more. So you, you know what? The strikes are, it, it, in fact, actually, it angers the public. So that gets them on our side. And from a compensation point of view, they're no better off. In fact, they're worse. So with all the pushing and all political action, they don't even achieve much of benefit. Final reason, although I could probably go on, but it's on my bullet here, is there's an article in the National Post, and I've heard this from members recently. They don't even do a great job of what they're supposed to do of defending you if you've done something where the school board has said that you know conduct is unbecoming or whatever and professional. That their actual job of defending some of the people has not been up to snuff. And there was articles from labor lawyers saying they're, they're not really doing the very thing because they're getting so caught up in political action, they're not focusing on what they should be doing, protecting members. Now, that's a whole other issue with it. Now, I know unions get bashed because why are they defending a person? It's not usually that you're looking to defend the person or the action, but you want to make sure that procedures are followed properly. Because in labor law, if you if your employer doesn't follow the procedures and you don't challenge them or grieve it, then you have in the eyes of the law, well, you've, you're okay with it then because you live with it and you didn't have a complaint with it. So the fact you have a complaint now, no. So sometimes they do have to defend members who don't deserve defending, but they're not necessarily defending the members or defending the process. But again, article stated, and I'll put a link to it in my uh, actual post, is that they were not um, 
following through and doing that aspect of the job. So political action, not helping out with public education, not doing a major focus on it, demonizing school with a scorched earth policy. And you can get a sense as to, yeah, I got some problems with them. I'm hoping for greater reforms. I'll continually speak out with it. My fear is, though, if you go down where we tend to go in this country, it's just like a preview is the United States, is that it will not take long, particularly if teacher anger continues to build, that people will go, you know what? Give me my charter. Give me my voucher. Give me my tax break. I will go and shop where I go. And you already see that in the inner city. And some of the burbs I would send my kids to the schools we go to because there isn't many private school options and the ones that are, are extremely expensive. And I actually do have a lot of confidence and pride in the schools that we have in play. But if we continue to not put top-notch education on the table and are not vested into making sure, and you know, it's, it's that's a government's issue. No, we are involved. We are the people in it. We are the ones who can make public education. We are this can be a, a great backbone to it. As much as we can, you know, destroy, we can build it up. And I'm very much believe still that that can be at play. But if we don't do that, if we continue to politicize, if we continue a scorched earth policy, we will set up the thing that I don't want is just privatization of it and most people going to it. Because it's one of the issues where, you know, I, I was born in the States. Do you go to a public school? Oh, you go to a, you go to a state school. Oh, okay. It's a division. And it's the United States, that's their thing. They're very class-oriented. We can go through it from a productivity standpoint and everything else with it. But I don't think that's great for a strong democracy. And if we want to maintain that in Canada, we have to have strong public education institutions. But that you don't get them by kowtowing to unions all the time. It's actually supporting a few governments that do not mind sticking and at least um, poking back and standing firm to all their demands. And that is what I think you will see on Thursday. Anyway, till next time, talk soon.